to be that long, but I just wanted to bring something out of here, a very familiar passage of Scripture. Uh, but beginning in verse number 1, the Bible says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, <clears throat> by the will of God, and to, Mo- and to Mo- and Timothy, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all saints, which are at Achaia, grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort, who comfort us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in, in any trouble, by the comfort where we with ourselves are comforted of God. For as the, as the suffering of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. Dear Lord, we come to you in prayer tonight. Dear God, we thank you again for your mercy and your grace. Dear God, thank you for those that were able to make it back tonight. Dear God, we pray for others that are dealing with sickness and whatever the other reasons may be. You know each and every reason. Dear God, we just pray that uh, you'd be with them, dear God. And as I say so often, if it be a, a lack of faith, dear God, we just pray, dear God, you'd do that work that only you can do, dear God. You put faith within their heart, and dear God, just strengthen them and encourage them to go on for your glory and your honor, dear God. I pray to the Lord again that you'd be with all the events coming up, dear God. We know this is going to be a busy month and a lot going on, dear God. We pray you'll give us the strength, the stamina to be able to get each and every uh, task done, dear God, for your glory and your honor. And dear God, may we always just rejoice in the fact that uh, you allow our little church to do so much, dear God. Again, I know we're not uh, the biggest and we don't have the great big number that many others do, dear God, but we thank you tonight for each and every one that's here, dear God. And I just pray you give them a blessing for making an effort to be here on, on a Sunday night, dear God, when they could have been in uh, many other places, but they chose to be in the house of God. And we just pray, dear God, we'd be able to draw a great truth out of two of these verses tonight. And, dear God, just realize the fact that you are the God of all comfort, dear God, that no matter what we go through in our life, no matter what we face, dear God, you'll be there for us, you'll comfort us, you'll encourage us, and you'll help to get us through it, dear God. I pray you'll hide us behind the cross tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, just verse number uh, 3 and verse number 4 is where we want to kind of draw out of tonight where the Bible says again, Blessed be the God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercy, and the God of all comfort, who comfort us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. And one thing you'll find in studying out the Word of God is that there are, again, many attributes to God. That's why I say it all the time around here. If I ever uh, was to sit down with you one-on-one and ask you to tell me about God and give me the, uh, the character of God, you ought to be able to do that. There are many different characters of God you find all uh, throughout the Word of God. And Paul kind of draws out uh, in these two verses to give you and I one of the characters of God. And uh, that word comfort there can also be translated encouragement. Paul simply saying that, look, uh, our God, the very God of heaven, is the, is the God of all comfort, the God of all encouragement. He is the one that helps you and I get through our troubles and our trials. And uh, the reality of it is you and I that are saved and born again and on our way to heaven tonight, we have something that the lost world does not have. And that is the fact that God uh, indwells you and I through the Holy Spirit of God and that God does come alongside of you and I in, in our troubles and our trials and our difficulties. And God encourages you and I and God comforts you and I. You know, it's kind of like people will say uh, many times, how do you go to the graveside of a loved one and be able to walk away and uh, and be able to do that? I'm reminded of Brother Sonny Talbert had to do a funeral one time and he shared the story with me of how that uh, a couple in his church had been praying and praying for a young child and finally had a little baby and three days later the baby passed away and boy, they... 
Brother Sonny said, you know, it was one of the hardest funerals I ever had to do. And he said, boy, we, we went to that graveyard and we did the graveside and we were leaving there. And he said, the father was on this side and the mother was on this side. And we're walking back to the car. And he said, that young family's looking at me as their, as their pastor, as their man of God to try to give them some help. And he said, all I knew to tell them in that moment, in that time, was that I, I don't know how it'll happen and I don't know when it'll happen, but the Comforter will come and He will comfort your heart and help you get through this. That's what God does for you and I. He comes to you and I in the darkest hours of our life and through the Holy Spirit of God indwelling you and I, He he brings comfort and encouragement to you and I so that you and I can walk through things that a lost and dying world cannot walk through. That's why, again, that many people, you know, they they go to a graveside or, or maybe in the funeral and, boy, they just fall all apart because the reality of it is... They don't have any hope within. They, they don't have any assurance that one day they're going to see that loved one. You see, for you and I that are saved and born again tonight, the reason why you and I can go to the funeral of a loved one that we know is saved, and the reason why we can walk by the casket, and the reason why we can go by the graveside, and the reason why we can go back and live our life and go on for the glory of God is because it is God that comes to you and I again in those midnight hours and gives you and I that comfort that nobody else can give. Do you realize tonight, God can do for you tonight what nobody else can do. Even as your pastor tonight, I can offer you words of encouragement. I can pray for you. I can try to walk with you through the dark valleys of life. But at the end of the day, you better have God with you. You better know how to get a hold to God. I say it here and I'll say it again. You better learn how to pray now when everything's going good because you're going to need to know how to pray when everything's going bad. I want to point out four things very quickly tonight that God does and how God comforts you and I as a child of God. Can I say number one, God comforts you and I tonight through the Holy Spirit of God. If you remember, if you'll go study your Bible in John chapter 14, 15, and 16, as Jesus is getting ready to leave, if you remember in John chapter 14, Jesus told His disciples, He said, Look, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. You believe also in Me and My Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And then He told His disciples, He said, Look, it is expedient for you that I go away. You know what He was telling them? It is needful for you that I leave here, that I go Go to my Father, that I ascend to the throne and sit at the right hand of my Father. Jesus was trying to make them understand. Though they didn't understand it at that moment and at that time, He was trying to get them to understand that, look, I know you want me to be here and I know you want to be able to see me. He said, but look, it is expedient for you that I leave and go to my Father because in doing that, I will send the Holy Spirit of God, the Comforter, and He will indwell you. Do you realize tonight, whether you believe it or not, we have something tonight greater than they ever had in the Old Testament Bible. In the Old Testament, you go study out the Bible, the Holy Spirit of God would come upon a man, but the Holy Spirit of God would also leave a man Well, in the New Testament, in the age of grace, when the Holy Spirit of God comes on you and I, He moves inside of you and I, He indwells you and I, and He never leaves you and I. He is there 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. He walks with you and I, and talks with you and I, and it is the Holy Spirit of God. That's why Jesus said, hey, it's expedient for you that I leave. I have got to leave here so that the Holy Spirit of God will come and indwell you, and so that I will be with you. Here's the reality. Yes, the disciples saw Him with a physical 
why, but I have something greater tonight in the fact that He lives within me and He walks with me and talks with me all along the way. I have something greater than they ever had tonight. You say, what is that? That is Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit of God living inside of me. Don't ever lose sight of that. You have something valuable tonight. That's why the Bible tells you and I that we have this treasure in earth and vessels. Amen. God has given you and I a treasure. And you know what we ought to do with that treasure tonight? We ought to value that treasure. It ought to be precious to you and I. We ought to want to stay close to God so that that treasure works within our life. And my voice will hold up tonight. Can I say in John chapter 14 verse 16... And you'll notice what he calls the Holy Spirit of God. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Jesus said, I will pray to the Father, and the Father will give you another comforter. Again, though, though they did not understand it, he was trying to get them to understand, guys, i got to go. And the reason i got to go is because I'm going to pray to the Father, and the Father is going to send the comforter. And when the Comforter comes, John 14, 26, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. John 16, 17. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Again, Jesus just wanted them to understand that, look, guys... I've got to go. It's expedient that I go. It is need- Here's what he was really saying. Whether you guys understand it or not, it is needful for you that I leave. Right. So that I can send the Comforter that He will indwell you. And not only will He indwell you, <clears throat> but in your times of darkness, in your times of suffering, in your times of trials, He will be the Holy Spirit of God that will come alongside of you and I and work inside of you and I. And it will give you... Have you ever been in that place in your life where you're in the middle of the darkest hour of your life and for whatever reason, though you cannot explain it, the Bible calls it a, a peace that passes all understanding when you can walk to the graveside of a loved one or you can walk through a dark valley in your life and, and, and though you cannot explain it and though you may not even be able to explain it to others, yet for whatever reason there is a deep peace inside of you that just says, you know what? It's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. It's dark right now. I don't understand it right now. I don't know why God's doing what He's doing right now. But you know what? You remember Job? I use this all the time. Job chapter 23. I'd encourage you to go home and read it. But remember, Job lost all of his children. Job lost everything that he had. And then in Job 23, right in the very middle of the book of Job, Job makes that famous statement where Job says, I go forward, I go backward, I go to the left, I go to the right. And I cannot perceive God. You ever been there? You ever been to that place in your life where you didn't even know where God was at? You pray and it just seemed like nothing. You read your Bible, it seems like nothing. You go to church, it just seems... I mean, you do everything you know to do and it just seems like God is a million miles away. But Job ended it by saying this, but here's what I do know. When he is finished, I will come forth as Job. You know what Job was saying right there? God's doing His great work in my life right now, and though I can't even perceive where God is at, here's what I do know. God is at work. That's that peace that passes all understanding. And the only one that can give you that peace tonight is the Holy Spirit of God. That's why a lost and dying world don't have that peace. 
That's why a lost and dying world don't know how to make it through the trials and, the, and, and, and all the things that they go through. But Paul is saying right here, Blessed be the God, even the Father and Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercy and the God of all comfort. Or again, you could read that as the God of all encouragement. That word comfort also means encouragement. And it is the Holy Spirit of God tonight that not only comforts you and I, but it's also the Holy Spirit of God that encourages you and I tonight. Who, who do you think it is that encourages you and gives you the strength to go on for the glory of God? It is the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. You know, sometimes you might be reading your Bible or you might be praying and boy, that still small voice will come and just kind of whisper in your ear, everything's just going to be alright. You ever been reading your Bible and you just get that overwhelming presence? It's going to be okay. God, you know, you hear people say this all the time. Well, well God spoke to me this morning. Well, a lost and down world looks at you like, huh? What? You're, God speaks to you. I'm like, yeah. You know, the Bible does say this. We are to know the voice of God. God does speak to you and I. I'm not talking about some kind of spooky, mysterious thing. I'm saying God speaks to you and I tonight. And that still small voice will lead you and guide you and direct you. And boy, you can get in the Word of God or you can be in prayer sometime and, and you just get that overwhelming feeling and you can just feel God speaking to your heart saying, you know what? It's going to be okay. You can get up and go another mile. When I say second of all tonight, not only does He encourage you and I and comfort you and I through the Holy Spirit of God, but can I say second of all tonight, He comforts you and I and encourages you and I through the Word of God tonight. Psalm 119, 49 and verse 50, the Bible says, Remember thy word unto thy servant upon which thou hast caused me to hope. This is my comfort and my affliction for thy word hath quickened me. You realize not only does God use the Holy Spirit of God to comfort you and I and to, and to guide you and I and direct you and I and encourage you and I tonight, but God also uses the Word of God. The psalmist said right there again, this is my comfort in my affliction. God will use the Word of God tonight to encourage you and comfort you. That's why as preachers, we stay on you all the time. And I know you get tired of it, but that's why we stay on you all the time and say, hey, you need to read your Bible. You need to study your Bible. You need to get in your Bible every day. And you need to learn it. You need to meditate on it. You need to read it. Why? Because in your dark times of life, God will use the Word of God to encourage you. And God will use the Word of God to comfort you. Sometimes, the Bible talks about a word spoken at a, at, at a fit time or at a right time, sometimes it's in the darkest hours of your life that through a man of God and through the message of God, God will reach down with the Holy Spirit of God and God will squeeze your heart and God will say, hey, it's going to be alright. And you can leave out and say, man, I heard a message today and it encouraged, you know, you ever, you ever, you know, there's just some message that kind of stick with you and they carry you through life, you know, and you can look back over your life and say, I remember when that man of God preached that and I remember when that man of God preached that and boy, I remember I was in a storm and the man of God got up and, and he opened the Word of God and he preached the Word of God and boy, the Word of God got deep within my heart and, and God just kind of spoke to me sitting in the pew that everything was going to be alright and boy, ten years down the road you can look back and say, I remember that time. People say all the time, I don't, I don't need the church, I beg to differ. People say all the time, I don't need the Word of God, I beg to differ. God, <clears throat> let me just say this tonight. God did not waste His time breathing upon holy men of God to write the Word of God. God didn't do that for no reason. God didn't go through the trouble of singling out men and breathing on them to write down the Word of God. God didn't just do that to waste His time. 
Because God knew not only was I going to need the Holy Spirit of God, but God also knew I was going to need the Word of God. And I'm telling you, there's some times where I have sat down in my office and got the Word of God out and started reading, and somewhere along through there, God just kind of speak to my heart and say, you know what? I know I'm talking about Daniel right now, but I'm applying this to you. It's going to be okay. Romans 15, 4. For whatsoever things were written before time were written for our learning, that we through the patience and comfort of the Scripture might have hope. But notice what he said right there. That we through patience and comfort of the Scripture. The Word of God brings comfort. The Word of God tonight will get you to the darkest valleys of your life if you'll just get in it. And I'll just say this. It's kind of like going to school. They'll tell you in school, we'll give you the textbook. But if you don't ever study it, it's your fault if you fail. Sometimes I think God says to you and I, hey, the reason why you're failing is you're not opening the book. Because not only does that book lead you and I and guide you and I tonight, but it is the Word of God that comforts you and I. Psalm 130 and verse 5, I wait for the, I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait, and in His Word do I hope. The Word of God encourages you and I. The Word of God comforts you and I. The Word of God brings hope to you and I. And again, let me encourage you tonight as a child of God. You are to get in the Word of God. You are to read the Word of God. You are to study the Word of God. You are to open the Word of God every day of your life. Let me just say this to every child of God tonight. You need the Word of God every day. You don't just need it Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. You need the Word of God every day. You need that book. God didn't just say you need the Holy Spirit of God. God says, hey, you need the book. And here's the reality tonight. <clears throat> You've got to have both of them together. Because it's a spiritual book. It must be spiritually discerned. That's why the Bible says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by what? By the Word of God. You want to know why some people don't have any faith tonight, Joe? They don't ever hear the Word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Oh, Brother Joey, I don't need church, really. Well, I think God said you did. Faith cometh by hearing. You know, the words, the world looks at what we do on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. They say, you, you guys that get up there and holler all the time, that's just foolishness. To the world, that's what it is. But to the child of God, it's what helps him get down the road. To the, child, the Bible does say this, it is the power of God unto salvation to them which believe. But the Bible also says that it is the power of God unto you and I that do believe. How do I get the power of God in my life? Through the Word of God. How do I, how, how do I get, get a deeper walk with God? How do I do that? By getting under the man of God and listening to the Word of God so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You know what that verse is telling you right there? You're not going to have faith without the Word of God. You've got to have the Word of God to have faith. So if you don't ever open your Bible and you don't ever read your Bible and you don't ever study your Bible, then my friend, here's what you're going to have. No faith. Right. You, you ever watch people and you just sit around and wonder, why are they always just tossed about? I mean, it just seems like they're always tossed about. Seem like they can't ever just get their feet settled. They can't, they can't ever get grounded. They, uh, for whatever reason, they can't ever get in the house of God. One minute they're in, one minute they're out. One minute they're in, one minute they're out. One minute they're up, one minute they're down. One minute they know, one minute they don't know. And just, it just seems like their life is one big train wreck. Right. Why is that? Nine times out of ten, when you get to talking with them, here's what you find out. They ain't been praying or reading the Bible. And they, they, ain't, even, and they ain't even coming to church. And, and here's the reality. I say this all the time. Get used to missing church, and eventually you'll get completely out and never miss church. Amen. That's 
That's what Satan does. He pulls you out little by little. And here's what Satan understands. If he can get you to quit reading the Word of God, get you out from under the Word of God, then he can defeat you. But the more you read the Word of God, the more you study it, the more you hear the Word of God, and the closer you walk with God, the more Satan cannot destroy you. And the Bible does say resist him and he will flee. You say, how do I do that? By getting in the Word of God. Can I say third of all tonight? He comforts you and I through the Holy Spirit of God. He comforts you and I through the Word of God. Can I say third of all tonight? He comforts you and I through the church. In in Psalm 27 verse 4, we all know the verses tonight. But this is David speaking. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. For in the time of trouble He shall hide me in His pavilion, in the secret of His tabernacle shall He hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. God also uses the church tonight. God don't just use the Holy Spirit of God and the man of God tonight, but God also uses the church. And here, here's a reality. Why in the world did God go through the trouble of starting the church all the way in the book of Acts if we didn't need the church? Because here's what God understood. We need the church tonight. The church is where you and I come to grow. It's where you and I come to mature. It's where you and I come to grow in our faith and in our walk with God. How do we do that tonight? We do that by coming to the house of God. You know, it's kind of like children. When our children get old enough, we send them to school with the anticipation that they're going to go 12 years, they're going to graduate, and they're going to get an education. Well, it's kind of like when you and I get saved, God puts you and I in the schoolhouse, the, 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 the church house, and then God gives you and I the man of God and the Holy Spirit of God, and God God gives you an eye textbook and God says, all right, get busy growing. Get busy learning. Get in the Word of God and read it. But not only that, get down to the church house where you can grow in the things of God. David said, look, one thing I have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. I don't know about you, but I want to be here till I go. Uh, my prayer is that, one, that if i got to die, I pray God give me a heart attack while I'm preaching. Amen. And you men can carry me out of here. Amen. You women can console my wife. Amen. But what a way to go. Amen. Just be up here hollering one day and fall over. Boom. Gone. What a way to go. There's nothing like the church. I will say this tonight. Every good thing in my life has been a direct result of the church. Amen. I got saved because of the church. Right. My wife got saved because of the church. My children got saved because of the church. I do what I do today because of the church. I love the church. That's why when people start running the church down, it kind of ruffles my feathers a little bit. Here, here, you know, I've said this to your parents again, and I'll say it again. If, if you ever arise as a problem at the house of God and something you don't like, don't go home and run it down in front of your children. You'll make them hate the church. And here's the reality tonight. They're going to need it one day. You know, I said this over at Brother Dunn's. I said, isn't it funny that even a lost man at some point in his life knows he needs the church? Amen. You let a lost family lose a family member, where, where, where do they go to? Where's the first place they want to go? That's right. They go to the church. Because even a lost man understands there, there's help at the church. Amen. He may never come. He may never get saved. But here's what he understands. There's something about that place over there that they'll help you over there. Well, how much more as a child of God should we understand that? That we need to be here because there's help. And I'll say last of all tonight, and again, I I promised I'd hurry up and try to get you. Brother Mark gave me plenty of time, but I'll be nice tonight. Can I say last of all, He comforts us through the brethren. 
Not only does God comfort you and I through the Holy Spirit of God and through His Word and through the church tonight, but can I say it is, a, it is the brethren, it is the people of God that God will also use to comfort you and I. Here is a reality, and I, I've said it here before and I'll say it again tonight. God doesn't have any lone rangers. God never intended for you and I to walk alone. Never. That's why God started the church. That's why God, whenever He sent His disciples out, how did He send them out? Two by two. He knew they needed each other. And here's the reality tonight, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. We, we read these verses all the time. And let us consider one another to evoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. God will always encourage us so that we may encourage others. Look what he says in verse number 4 who comfort us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. You know what Paul's saying right there? You want to know why God comforts you? You want to know why God encourages you? So you can do it to somebody else. God, Here's the reality. You want to know why God lets you go through storms sometimes? Not just so He can work in your life. God lets you go through storms sometimes. That way when somebody else in the church goes through that, you can go over there and get beside of them and say, you know what, brother, I'm praying for you. I've been through that. I know what that's like. I've, I've had to walk that valley. I've had to go through that storm. I, I understand what you're going through. We don't just come to church so we can grow in the Word of God. We also come to church tonight because we need each other. I know I'm the pastor tonight, but here's the reality. I need every one of you. I need you to pray for me. I need you to encourage me. I need you to. I need to know you're on my side, just like you ought to be able to know that I'm praying for you and I'm encouraging you, and I'm on your side. That, that's why we come because God will use other people tonight. And again, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And that word exhorting also means encouraging one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. You know what he was saying right there? As we near the end, here's what we're going to need. We're going to need each other. To encourage one another and to help one another and come alongside one another. And again, I'll go back to saying this. It's always been the church that's been there for me. When I walked through that valley of losing my dad and having to preach my own dad's funeral, it, 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 it helped me out a lot to be able to preach that day. When I stepped up there in that pulpit and I looked out and there sat Brother Jody and his family, there sat Brother Terrell, there sat Brother Danny Farley, there sat a bunch of people that, and other preachers that had drove. Some of them people drove hours and hours to get there only to be there for the funeral and turn around and get in their car and drive eight, nine hours to get back home. All because they wanted me to know, hey brother, we love you and we're here encourage you. That's what the church is for. And you know what happens to people? A lot of times people will say, well, I, you know, I hate the church and I'm mad at the church and I don't want to be in church. You know what usually happens with people like that? They get out here on the island all by themselves. You know, you know what the danger is of turning against the church? One day you're going to need it. One day you're going to need to draw strength from it. And if you've turned on the church and everybody in the church, then where are you going to turn to? You're going to need that church. I'm, I'm just telling you now, I don't want to drive this point home tonight. You're going to need the church. You're going to need somebody to love on you sometimes. You're going to need somebody to encourage you sometimes. You're going to need people to strengthen you sometimes. Because here's the reality. When I'm down, you may be up, and I may need you to get me up. 
When you're down, I may be up and you may need me to get you up. And, if I, do, and, I, and I will go ahead and, and knock a point right here. This always upsets all the preachers, amen. But we, as far as I know, we ain't got none in here. But if you have time, you can go to the book of Galatians. And here, here's a verse everybody looks over all the time. You say, why do we need the church? Here, here's a reality. All of us live in the flesh. There's not one single person in here tonight that is above getting into sin and messing their life up. From the pastor to the lowest person in here. In Galatians 6 verse 1, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fall, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted, bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. You know, you know what the church is not supposed to do? When we see a brother or sister in Christ get into sin and fall out, we're not supposed to be walking around pointing a finger at them. Then the Bible says those that are still spiritual, you're to go to that person. And what are you supposed to do? Restore. What's that mean? You're supposed to try to get them back to church. Get them back in the will of God. Get them back serving God. And, and, and he says right there, look, but consider yourselves. Again, what does that verse say, brethren? If a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest I also be tempted. It's always easy to point out everybody else's sin and say, look what they did, look what she did, look what he did. But the God's saying right here, hey, wait, wait a minute, be careful right there. You might want to consider your own self. Because I guarantee you, if any of us was to fall. You know one thing we're going to want? We're going to want somebody to give us some mercy. We're going to want somebody to give us some grace. I've said this before and I'll say it again. I don't think I've said it here very much, but sometimes the Baptist church is the very worst at shooting its own wounded. That's right. You know? Brother, I, I'll, I'll blame it on Brother Sonny, but Brother Sonny would say it this way. You know, sometimes you get them long-tongued heifers in the church Here's reality. When we see somebody slip and fall, the church's job is to try to go over there and try to get them back. But yet I've watched churches over and over so many times. We want to we want to shun them, we want to throw them away, we want to say, well, you know, look what they did. Look, you know, it's kind of like, you know, people get all upset about a preacher that maybe had a divorce and got remarried and then started preaching again, and maybe and maybe we don't know all the detail. But here's the reality. Don't be careful pointing fingers. I I'll share this story with you. Church we went to in North Carolina, we, again, we were running over a thousand very large independent Baptist church and th- there was a man that was sitting behind my mom and dad and there was another family in the church. Their daughter had, had got out of church a little bit and ended up getting uh, pregnant, out, went, went married, pregnant out of wedlock. And that, that man would go around and tell other men in the church after, after the baby was born, that family would bring their grandchild to church. You know, that one of the grandchild being church. Well, one of the one of the other men in the church started going around, and 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 I'll use a word that is in the Bible tonight. But he started going around saying things like this: "Well, I just can't believe they bring that bastard in the church." The Bible says a child born out of wedlock. That's what the Bible. I'm just giving you Bible. That's what the Bible says. So that he was going around telling all these other people in the church, "I can't believe they bring that baby in this church." 
I just can't believe. And Brother Lackey cornered him up one day and he said, Look, he said, I'm telling you, as your pastor, shut your mouth. He said, That baby needs to be in the house of God. And it wasn't very long after that that one of his daughters come up pregnant and went married. Well, guess what happened when the baby was born? He's walking around the church carrying that baby. Sometimes God will make you eat crow. Sometimes you ain't careful, you go around pointing to everybody else. God might say, Well, let me just bring that to your doorstep. You know, you want to you point that out and point fingers at them. Let me bring that home and let it, let it bring to your house. And let's see what you're, you'll want. You know what you're going to want? You're going to want the church to bring some mercy and grace. I'm thinking about one of our members right now. You want to know what they need right now? Mercy and grace. That's what they need. They need to know that there's a place that they can return to. That's what they need to know. Because you're looking at a guy that got out of church for 13 years and made some dumb decisions while I was out of church. But thank God there was a church in Houston, Texas and another church in Laporte that when I got right with God and got back in church, they came alongside of me and said, Brother, we're praying for you and we'll do anything to help you. That's what the church is for. We're not, we're not here to crucify everybody. We're here to help people. Jesus did that all throughout His ministry. They, they hated Jesus over that. They, they'd say things like, well, He eats with sinners. He didn't, he didn't approve of their sin, but He did go to where they were to reach them. The woman at the well, He met her there, there that day, and everybody else had shunned that woman. But Jesus met her there and said, hey, I'll tell you what I can do for you. I can give you living water. You've been married five times. You're with a guy now that ain't even your husband. He said, you you got a problem. He said, but I'll tell you what I'll do. He said, I'll give you something today that when you leave here, you'll be completely different. It took Jesus to do that. And it'll take Jesus to change those that fall by the wayside. And it'll take the church to be an anchor and a rock. That's all a free rabbit. I don't even know why God led me down this trail. But I'm telling you, that's what the church is for. I understand that when people sin, there's consequences. I get all that. I understand that. And I will commend some of our, our you know, and, and this is a sticky subject right here. I'll commend some of you for going and trying to reach out. I don't even have to call any names. Because they're going to need it. My, my wife told me something last night very well. Because as a pastor sometimes, I'm very quick to start quoting Bible verses. That's just, that's just preaching. My wife kind of reminded me, be careful. You got two daughters too. You got to be careful sometimes. We're supposed to defend the Word of God and live by the Word of God. But sometimes, how did how, how Brother Brent say it this morning? He said it so well. He said, he said you can have all your doctrine straight and be a jerk about it. You can be a Christian saved and on your way to heaven, but if you're not careful, you know what you can be to a lost and dying world? You can be a jerk about it. They know they're sinners. They know they're lost. Our job is just give them the gospel and say, hey, there, there is a place and there is a Savior. And He'll care about you and He'll love you and He'll save you and He'll give you a home in heaven. That's what they need to know. 
They don't need you and I pointing out and condemning what they're doing. They already know they're wrong. What they need to hear is Jesus loves you. And Jesus can forgive you no matter what you've done. Amen. If you'll stand as Brother Mark comes. That was all a free rabbit trail there at the end. Amen.